0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of The Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borkey. Really glad that you guys are along for the ride with me. A short one today because... Generally speaking, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about midweek baseball with you guys. I've also got a basketball thought uh, at the end of of this as well. But a a short one today because, again, I'm not going to spend too much time on midweek baseball. And quite simply, it's usually Ole Miss playing teams that they're significantly better than. Uh, Oftentimes, it's a lot of arms that you don't see very – much on the weekends and in some cases you'll give guys at bats that you also probably wouldn't give on the weekend not necessarily the case last night although you did have a a scratch of Peyton Chanteney apparently uh it's uh an illness not COVID protocols because I think that would have been reported differently but uh he was a late scratch doesn't appear to be anything super serious uh knock on wood hopefully I'm not misspeaking when I say that but other than that uh you know, midweek baseball just does not bring you a lot of stuff to talk about, right? Although TJ McCants was great last night. His swing looks good. He looks comfortable at the plate right now, and he did not at the end of last year. So that's a really good development. But largely, nothing really to take away from midweek games except for this one thing, and that's what I want to talk with you about today. This is what I was talking about on Sunday. This is what I was talking about. You got it last night, and I have yet to see it. It's very early on the season, but you haven't seen what you saw last night. So that's what we're talking about today. But I do want to remind you, first of all, that again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, just Michael, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Also, Facebook and YouTube. If you're a YouTube user, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search my name there. And while you're here, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, do that. You're listening in browser, find this Rebel Report wherever you get your podcast and subscribe uh, to the podcast feed and leave a rating and a review if, uh, if you don't mind. Also, the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are in the state of Mississippi, and by the state of Mississippi, I mean everywhere, anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, and you're in the market for office technology, office technology absms.com is the website advantage business systems um sorry i i just got an email it distracted me that's really embarrassing i'm just gonna keep going though i would cut this but i'm not going to i'm gonna pretend like this is live um anyway absms.com is the website if you tell them i sent you, you get a complimentary office technology assessment so you tell them what you need what your budget is and they'll find a solution for you, absms.com. Also, LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. LB's Meat is a huge supporter of Ole Miss baseball. You guys have seen it already. And if you want to support the company supporting Ole Miss baseball, check them out right across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. The best place in Mississippi to get your meat. And the the beauty of what they do there is they're experts, man. When you go into LB's, and, and let's just say you were like me on Friday. And you didn't know what you wanted to cook. So you go into LB's and you say, you know what? Honestly, I don't know, guys. They've got ideas for I promise you. It's like they're not just selling you meat for the grill or sides or one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. They'll help you out. They'll give you ideas. They're like an open cookbook, if you will. Awesome place, really good people, huge supporters of Ole Miss baseball. That's LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. So something that – I don't know if it was a gripe. It was more of an observation that I made. In the early season for Ole Miss, it was just six games. But I said on Sunday that I have yet to see an Ole Miss starting pitcher overpower their opponent. Now, they pitched well. Like, Derek Diamond didn't give up – a you know – What more can you ask from a guy? Five innings, no runs. I'm not saying that they are bad, that Ole Miss has had bad starts. They really haven't. They've played bad defense behind them, but maybe that can be attributed to the cold. We'll find out this weekend in Orlando if the weather is why they've been committing errors. But I, I have not seen, in this very early season, an Ole Miss starting pitcher overpowered Uh, a lesser opponent, because that's all they've played so far, including last night. It's been nothing but teams that they are significantly better than. And one thing that I said that I'm a little concerned about when you go into SEC play with this team is they haven't shown you yet. They certainly can. I'm not saying that this is definitive and it won't change. But as of now, or as of before 630 yesterday, you hadn't seen an Ole Miss starter in the very early season look dominant look like they were overpowering their opponent until last night. Do you see the difference now? This is exactly what I was talking about, guys. This is what you hadn't seen, and you get a start from Hunter Elliott, a freshman, Hunter Elliott, throwing, wearing the same jersey as Doug Casey, throwing from the same side with long hair, flapping out of the back of his hat. That's what I was talking about. That's what you hadn't seen from a weekend starter yet from Ole Miss. What you saw last night from the freshman, Hunter Elliott, that was, he was electric last night. And if you look at the stat line, if you didn't watch the game, you just look at the stat line, you see a high strikeout number, but otherwise aren't impressed. He could have gone deeper into the game. I, truthfully, I didn't listen to Mike Bianco's post game, so maybe he addressed this. But I have a feeling they kind of had a quick hook on Elliott because they want to use him this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if he slips into a weekend starter role sooner rather than later. He was electric last night. And that's the kind of stuff that I was talking about on Sunday that I hadn't seen yet. Locating his fastball, throwing, what, three pitches for strikes. The breaking ball was sharp from the left side. Uh, He was dominant and overpowering last night. That's what I was talking about on Sunday. ULM, I don't, I mean, You know, it's Charleston Southern, it's VCU, it's ULM. None of these teams Ole Miss has played so far, frankly, are are worth a damn, including ULM. But last night, for the first time in the very, very, very early season, last night an Ole Miss pitcher that started the game looked dominant, looked untouchable. That's what I was talking about. This game from Elliott is what I was talking about. Yes, it's ULM. You know, they're not particularly good. They got beat twice by Missouri, although both games were close. But still, he looked overpowering. He looked dominant. He was throwing his he was throwing multiple pitches for strikes. Nine strikeouts in the game. Uh, you know, gave up that that run in the top of the first. And then the run that he gave up in the fifth, uh, he got pulled after giving up a really cheap ground ball single. And then the guy that followed him, Maddox, was actually the one that gave up the hits that led to the run. But that's what I was talking about. That kind of dominance last night, I think you've got a future star in Hunter Elliott. I mean, just give him a, a, another off season of work, too. and Get that velo up a little bit and just more experience because – You know, you don't just throw him into a weekend role as a freshman right away because who knows how he'll handle, uh, you know, the better players and the environments and stuff. But I have a feeling you're going to be seeing him on weekends very soon because up until now – and, of course, things can change. They absolutely can change. But up until now, that is the most electric stuff I've seen from an Ole Miss starting pitcher so far this year. It it was the freshman Hunter Elliott, and I think if this continues – uh, he will be a guy that will get a look on a weekend, and he deserves it because he looked like – I mean, Doug Nikhazy is huge shoes to fill, massive, and it's really almost unfair to Elliot to say that he's the next Doug Nikhazy because I mean, history will look back on Doug Nikhazy and realize how special he was in an Ole Miss uniform. Um, but I can see why people drew those comparisons. They pitched the same. They looked the same. We're in the same jersey, (laughs) you know, hair flapping out of the back of the helmet. They look the same. They pitch the same. I can see where the comparisons came from. That guy's got a bright future, uh, no doubt. But I think that future might come pretty quickly. Uh, That's what I was talking about. And and he delivered uh, last night. Uh, Jack Doherty was also excellent. Um, (laughs) What, seven strikeouts in three innings. Uh, it, It was just good to see him get some run because the games have been run-ruled and they've been blowouts. You haven't really seen much of him this year. But, uh, yeah, that's electric stuff as well. But you kind of expected that already, at least I think you did. Uh, But he was great last night as well. Ole Miss wins comfortably. The offense is very, very good. Kind of a sleepy night, understandably so. They'll play again uh, later today, this afternoon. That's a 4 o'clock start. Probably disrupt our radio show a little bit, but that's okay. Okay. And then they go off to Orlando to go to UCF. So that's the, the baseball side, but that's what I was talking about Sunday, guys. And you got it, and you saw it. And uh, if he can be consistent, that stuff needs to be on the weekend, not on Tuesday night in front of – that was actually a decent crowd last night, to be honest, but in front of you know 3,000 people. He needs to be in front of 13,000 people on weekends because that stuff will win games for you. No doubt. On the flip side, basketball. Ole Miss lost uh, again last night, which isn't all that surprising considering the opponent and the fact that they've done a lot of losing lately. They're now four and thirteen in the SEC, thirteen and seventeen overall. I mean, Matt Morrell was just excellent last night. He had twenty five points in rough on nine of sixteen shooting. He hit five threes, five of eight threes, had four assists to just one turnover. He was absolutely phenomenal last night. Uh, Nasir Brooks, he was a good pickup, had 14 points of his own last night. Very efficient. He was good, but Ole Miss loses the game and that's not really the story. It was a close game. They fought hard. They played hard and played well. I think Kermit Davis even said in the post game, he was kind of proud of them. They played well. They did. He's right. They played well in Rupp against a national championship contending Kentucky team. But here's what I said on Twitter. I'd like to go a little bit deeper uh, than than Twitter with you guys, if, uh, if that's okay. But this is what I said last night. Quote, they play hard should be a baseline expectation for a team. It's major college basketball. That's not enough. But it would have been really easy for Ole Miss to lay down at multiple spots this year, and they have not. I don't know if it really means anything, but it is something. So that's what I said on Twitter, and, and I stand by that. This is a wins and losses business. That's literally the only thing that matters in major college sports is if you're winning or are you losing. If you're winning enough, then great. If you're losing too much, then you're gone. That's really how this works. It's really that simple. However, you have seen some growth from Matt Murrell. Uh Deshaun Ruffin is injured. They did get hit by the injury bug pretty hard this year. So when you're looking at it in the context of, do you make a change? I do think despite it being a baseline expectation of they play hard, because that's not good enough. That's not enough. You should play hard every night. It's major college sports. That should be the baseline of what you get out of your team. But the fact that they haven't quit on their coach, I think is something that Keith Carter has to at least factor in when he's making decisions. And I, I don't think he's going to make a decision at all. But point being, it's easier to make these calls when the team quits. Yes, there was a lot of strife with university leadership and Andy Kennedy at the end. And thankfully for the school and the athletic department, those people aren't there anymore. But Andy Kennedy's last team quit on him. He lost the locker room. And you see that often, right? Dan Mullins, Florida team, they quit on him. They stopped playing. They gave up, what was it, 50 points, 55 points, whatever it was, to Samford at home and lost to Missouri. They quit on him. That's not your criteria for making changes. Matt Luke's team didn't quit on him, but they were an embarrassment and the program was headed towards obscurity, so you had to make a change there. Now, fan support in basketball has been pretty brutal all season long. The Texas A&M game was uh, a message sent from the fans. The Vanderbilt game on Saturday, I think, will also be a message sent by the fans. I think, you know, Arena will be third full, maybe. Uh, It'll probably be a really nice day. People have other things to do. Bad basketball team that's going to finish with a losing record. Playing another unexciting team probably going to get another crowd message in this one as well so there's a lot of factors at play and the only reason i'm talking about this because you know fans are talking about should they make a change should they make a change and um i don't think they play hard should be enough but kermit davis has not lost the locker room and I do believe that is something that Keith Carter will have to strongly consider is the fact that his guys still play for him. What does it mean? I don't know. I I wish I could contextualize that more. I don't know what it means because, again, the only thing that matters is winning and losing, and they are bad. Yes, they've been banged up, but they weren't good when they were healthy. And things have gotten worse since you're one. And it's very... Obvious. I mean, I talked. I told you guys this a few weeks ago that I, Matt Morrell is being recruited behind the scenes. Does it mean he will leave? I don't think so. I don't know what that means, but it's going to happen because that's college sports now. Happy players are getting recruited behind the scenes still. So I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. I just know that it would have been very easy for Kermit Davis's team to lay down and quit at multiple spots, and they haven't yet, for whatever that may be worth to you. It's a wins and losses business, though. But quitting or losing the locker room hadn't happened yet. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I know this was a short one again today, but the solo podcasting thing is hard, by the way. Um, It's tough. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm just (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying that again. I probably should cut this, but I won't. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you very, very much. Don't forget to follow and subscribe, and I'll talk to you guys again very soon. Getting you ready for the UCF series in Orlando. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.